Good morning, my dear brothers and sisters at Antioch Baptist Church in Yolanda, Kenya. I apologize that I have been neglectful in getting additional installments to you recently, but I've experienced some technical difficulties that prevented me from being able to record podcasts for about a little more than a week now. So, Lord willing, today we will pick back up where we left off in Romans chapter 2. We're going to start with verse 12. We remember that we are reading a letter, and like any letter, you don't get the whole story from any word or any sentence or any paragraph. We have to read the whole letter. Paul is, is laying out information that is not complete in these particular sentences. That doesn't mean there's anything wrong with them, but we have to look at the whole, not just at the part. So let's be careful as we read these verses that we don't misunderstand them and make a theology out of a verse rather than the whole letter. So with that said, we will uh, pray and then read. Heavenly Father, open the eyes and ears of our understanding that we might see, hear, receive, and be transformed by your living word this day in Christ's name. Amen. So Romans 2, starting with verse 12. For all who have sinned without the law will also perish without the law, and all who have sinned under the law will be judged by the law. For it is not the hearers of the law who are righteous before God, but the doers of the law who will be justified. For when Gentiles who do not have the law by nature do what the law requires, they are a law to themselves, even though they do not have the law. They show that the work of the law is written on their hearts, while their conscience also bears witness and their conflicting thoughts accuse or even excuse them on that day when, according to my gospel, God judges the secrets of men by Christ Jesus. But if you call yourself a Jew and rely on the law and boast in God and know his will and approve what is excellent because you are instructed from the law, and if you are sure that you yourself are a guide to the blind, a light to those who are in darkness, an instructor of the foolish, a teacher of children, having in the law the embodiment of knowledge and truth, you then who teach others, do you not teach yourself? While you preach against stealing, do you steal? You who say that one must not commit adultery, do you commit adultery? You who abhor idols, do you rob temples? You who boast in the law dishonor God by breaking the law. For as it is written, the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you. God bless this reading and perceiving of his holy and precious word. Amen. So let's go back and do a little bit of background and remember that Paul is writing to a church in Rome the big issue that this church that Paul had never visited 
was struggling with was the fact that it was made up of Jewish Christians and Gentile Christians, meaning persons who were of the Jewish faith who had been born again and are now Christians, but they come from a Jewish background. And the Gentiles, who the Jews historically looked at as being worthless, who have been born again, who have been saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, make up that church. And apparently the Jewish people were looking down on the Gentiles saying, well, we're special because we're God's chosen people and we were given the law, referring the law meaning, of course, Moses. And the Gentiles, if I hadn't said this before, I apologize, are all people that weren't Jews. If you weren't a Jew, then you were a Gentile, no matter where you were from or what color, anything else. You were a Gentile if you weren't a Jew. So Paul is working on addressing these issues that they have, and he's laying it out a little bit at a time. You'll recall that in chapter 1, he sort of laid out the, the sins as they were generally perceived, and the Jewish people might likely have thought, boy, look at those terrible Gentiles, the way that Paul sees, uh, stated it. But as we start chapter 2, he said, hey, don't look down on them because you do the same things they do. And so he's addressing their belief that somehow they are better because they have the law. So when he says, all who sin without the law also perish without the law, he means the law that was given to Moses, the Ten Commandments, and that all who sinned under the law will be judged by the law. The truth is, the simple, straightforward truth that all of Scripture reveals is that the law was never intended as a means of our being saved, being made right with God. Uh, remember that the promise was made to Abraham, and Abraham believed more than 400 years before the law was given. So the grace of God precedes the law, um, get, allowing Abraham to be a man of faith was a gift from God. It wasn't because of something special about Abraham. It was God enabling Abraham to be a man of faith, to believe the promise of God that he would make him a very elderly man and his barren wife also very elderly into the father of a great nation. And the scripture says Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. We are never saved by anything we do or could do. If we could save ourselves, God would not have sent Jesus as our Savior. So we need to get that firmly fixed in our mind. And so none of this is an indication by Paul that someone could be righteous before God by their actions. The law, in one place is stated, was given to us as a guardian, as something to help us understand the path we should follow in life, but never as a means to salvation. 
we see in Galatians 2.16 says, And we know that no one is saved by works of the law, but only through faith in Jesus Christ. So uh, Paul is telling them, telling the Jews and the Gentiles at that church and us today as well, Salvation is found in no other name than the name of Jesus. So let's just continue to look at what he's saying here. He goes on in verse 14 and 15 to explain that the Gentiles have uh, written on their heart, even though they weren't the recipients of the law, they have written on their hearts. Remember, God created all. a reflection that they have the law in them in the sense that their conscience bears witness and gives them conflicting thoughts to excuse or accuse them. And then uh, he says, On that day when, according to my gospel, God judges the secrets of men by Christ Jesus. Paul is not creating another gospel. He's simply saying that, that God will judge but he judges in and through Christ Jesus. Picking up in verse 17, but if you call yourself a Jew and rely on the law and boast in God and know his will and approve what is excellent because you are instructed from the law, and if you are sure that you yourself are a guide to the blind, in other words, they're looking at themselves as being ahead of the Gentiles, a light to those who are in darkness, an instructor of the foolish, a teacher of children, having in the law that was given to your people through Moses the embodiment of knowledge and truth. You then who teach others, do you not teach yourself while you preaching it? preach against stealing? Do you steal? In other words, he was saying to these Jews, that you think you have the law and that makes you special. But the truth is you fail to keep the law just as much as those who don't even have the law, but rather have it written on their hearts. Uh, It says, you who say one must not commit adultery, do you commit adultery? You who abhor or hate idols, do you rob temples? You who boast in the law dishonor God by breaking the law. What, what good is it that you have the law when you don't keep it? Don't look at yourself more highly than y'all. Realize that, that breaking the law is just as serious whether you're a Jew or a Gentile. But again, let's remember that it's not the keeping of the law that saves us, for no man is saved by his actions. It goes on in starting in verse 25 and says, For circumcision indeed is of value if you obey the law, but if you break the law, your circumcision becomes uncircumcision. Circumcision, the circumcising of male children, uh, was a sign of the covenant that God made with Abraham. And the Jewish people took that as a mark of distinction that they were somehow better. He says, hey, whether you're circumcised or uncircumcised, if you break the law, then, then you're uncircumcised in your heart regardless. And if a man who is uncircumcised in his body but circumcised in his heart uh, keeps the, the words of the law, uh, is not his uncircumcision considered as circumcision? 
he is telling us that it's not anything to do with outward appearances. It's not our uh, race, our ethnicity. It's not our Jewishness or our unJewishness. Uh, but it is a Jew is one inwardly, and circumcision is a matter of heart. We're in verse 29 by the Spirit, not by the letter. His praise is not from man, but from God. God looks at our heart. That's the bottom line on this. And nobody is saved by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. For it is by grace you are saved through faith, this not of yourselves. It is a gift, not a result of work, so that no one may boast, for we are his workmanship, God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works that God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. That's found in Ephesians 2, 8, 9, and 10. So uh, he's telling them, don't look at your Jewishness and don't look at their Gentileness, if that's even a word, uh, but a Jew is one inwardly. In, in other words, somebody who is truly a person of God is one inwardly and not one that is bears some sign on the outside. It's inwardly a Jew. His praise is not from man, but from God. So thank you. I appreciate being with you again today. I pray that you're doing well. I'm looking forward to the upcoming conference when we're going to look at Revelation. And my friend, my brother in Christ, Steve Hudson, will be here. I believe that's on the 17th. So God bless you and keep you and make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you and give you peace now and always in Christ Jesus Amen and amen.